Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Raymond Johnson has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Raymond. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, January 16th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From all the way over here, over the mountains in Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And staying dry, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. We are going to decide who has won the voice assistant war. Or maybe no one is going to win the voice assistant war. That's coming up in the show. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Twitter added the option to view your timeline in reverse chronological order available on its Android app. The option showed up in Twitter's iOS app last month as well. The company switched to an algorithm-based ordering four years ago. Mm. Still don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Unity updated its terms of service so that any third-party software, including Spatial OS, can be used in conjunction with its game engine. If you haven't heard of Unity, then you probably haven't played a lot of video games. Very, very common, very popular engine these days. Uh, Improbable, that's the company that makes Spatial OS, is a cloud-based server platform that helps developers build games with large and persistent worlds. Spatial OS isn't officially supported uh, within the engine itself, so Unity doesn't deal with quality or compatibility, but developers can continue to use the platform for live and still-in-development games. And by the way, I've heard of this uh, through a developer friend of mine. It is fantastic for just that big open world games that need a lot of seamless, non-loading sort of space in them. And that's kind of what they're known for. Our short niche nightmare is over. YouTube updated its content policy to consider some challenge videos harmful and dangerous and therefore banned on the site. Uh, no more blindfolding yourself while you drive your car and putting it on YouTube. The ban covers challenges that encourage acts that have an inherent risk of severe physical harm, as well as pranks that make victims believe they're in physical danger. Bad news for Japanese game shows and pranks that cause emotional distress to children. YouTube moderators will decide which videos qualify for those definitions and pull them down. Channels have two months to remove any videos that were allowed before these new rules came into being and now run afoul of them. Oh, I gotta go check my channel, my thing, and make sure I don't hurt any old yeah, ladies. All your Tide Pod videos gotta go down, Scott. They're kind of a mess. In a book from MIT Press called "Fixing a Hole: The Labor Market for Bugs," data shows that the uh, sorry that only the elite might, uh, make money from bug bounty programs. The top one percent of bug hunters find an average of zero point eight seven bugs a month and earn roughly thirty four thousand dollars a year. 
The book argues that making bug bounty programs invite-only reduces the cost of managing trivial non-issue and duplicate bugs while motivating the researchers that actually provide valuable reports. Good one to have some feedback on if anybody reads this this book and has an opinion on it. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Microsoft says it's going to separate Cortana from search in the Windows 10 taskbar. So you'll get a separate experience for text versus voice searches. The company also will hold a press event at Mobile World Congress, which uh, takes place Sunday, February 24th at 5 p.m. Central European Eastern Central European European time, featuring Satya Nadella, Cloud VP Julia White, and technical fellow Alex Kipman. Kipman works closely with the HoloLens project, so the best guess for what announced, what do you think? HoloLens. And it's mobile, because Microsoft ain't going to announce a phone, so, yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit more about a phone. A phone from the past that's coming back, Scott. All right. Proof, proof that time travel is possible, I guess. Maybe not. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reports that sources say Motorola. Yeah, that's right. Motorola will bring back the Razor phone. They're still owned by Google, right? Or they sell them off? They, uh, Lenovo they? owns them. Oh, Lenovo. Leno- okay, that's right. I forgot that happened. Uh, you guys remember the Razor R-A-Z-R? Well, uh, you may get it as early as February. That's next month. The new Razor uh, would be a smartphone made available on Verizon in the U.S. Sources say Motorola plans to manufacture 200,000 units and sell them at a whopping price of $1,500 each. What in the heck? <laughs> do you have, do you, what, Sarah, do you not have any? It's like the price of an iPhone. Do you not have a lot of nostalgia for a razor? Are you not excited about that? I mean, I, I, I have some, but not for 1500 bones. Yeah, me neither. The, I mean, this is, okay. Let me, let me walk through this slowly and see where it goes. It's a foldable, right? Foldables are hot. Samsung's going to have a foldable. Everybody's going to have foldables. So Motorola having a foldable makes perfect sense. The Razer was a classic phone. Prior, prior to the iPhone, it was, it was the hottest phone of its time. So, of course, if you're going to make a foldable and you're Motorola, you're going to put it under the Razer name. So far, so makes sense. $1,500, I could stretch to believe if they're going to make it a foldable that is meant to compete with the Galaxy and iPhone, and it's it's at the top end of even those phones, but it's it's up in that rarefied air. This thing's going to have huge amounts of storage, and it's foldable and whatever. As soon as you make it only 200,000 units, though, which again, this is Wall Street Journal sources, this isn't the official announcement, but if that's what they do, that makes it feel just like a publicity stunt, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's a very small amount. Like 200,000 units is not very much. It's not, the- yeah in the pile that you would, you would have for a normal sales year for any number of phones. And it makes it seem like a limited edition, expensive high end thing. So if this actually gets announced now, I'm really curious, like how are they going to market this? Are they going to really dig deep on your memory your razor? Well, now it's back and look how sexy it is now. Plus and you make all- so much more money now than you did back when you bought the original razor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were pricey then as, as I recall. Yeah. For the time they were. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Sarah, I want you to get a, a pink one, and then you can be, not because it's for girls, that's not what Excuse I meant. Excuse you, Scott. They, they always had the colors, right? And the pink ones are the hot ones. You get that hot pink, and then you tell us what you think. It's Sarah who's going to bite the bullet on this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who has $1,500? <laughs> yeah, patrons, we need a new level. <laughs> right. 
Uh, speaking of phones, sources tell CNBC that Apple has had talks with three private Medicare plans about subsidizing its Apple Watch for people over 65 years of age to use as a health tracker. Currently, the older model watch is $279. The latest version of the device, which has new health features, including, including fall detection and electrocardiogram to measure the heart's rhythm, goes for $399. This, this I think is fascinating because if Apple were to get in on this, uh, once you're in the store of providing insurance uh, related devices, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it makes it easy to provide more, but it makes it easier because you have these business relationships. And if you are able to get insurance to pay for devices, you've got a money pit and Apple has plenty of cash already. They need services revenue. This could be huge in bringing them services revenue because they get the insurance companies to pay for these devices and they get the feel-good story of people over 65 having access to Apple technology and telling all these stories about how it improved their life and possibly saved their life. And those people didn't have to pay a lot of money because it was covered by insurance. When Apple has um, gone all in on the PR health will be our, you know, that, that will be our thing, right? Like everyone will remember Apple as being the company that, that improved health for all humanity. Yeah. I did something funny the other day that might be a good place to mention it. I decided, uh, I was down on the floor looking for something, glasses or something fell behind the bed or the something. And I thought, Hey, I got my watch on. I remember them talking about the fall thing. I'm just going to lay here for a minute. Uh, or no, I'm going to go down kind of hard. I'm going to lay here and see if it does anything. And it didn't do anything for a really long time. And I thought, well, that's lame. What if I was dying? And then I remembered I have a series three. I don't have the four. <laughs> I was going to be my question. I was like, do you have the, the most recent How one? How were you down there? I was probably I was waiting. 10 minutes or something, which is plenty of time to die if you're, you know, in a, in a bad place. But sure, sure. I thought, man, this is what a rip. We're not. And then I went, oh, right. <laughs> I'm using the old one. You do have to use the the watch with fall detection in it for the fall detection to work. <laughs> right. In my head, I was thinking, oh, it's one of those uh, features that just, you know, got updated in the OS. No, it requires like hardware. This is how, you know, this is how uh, Internet outrage happens, right? Yeah. If you've been on there <laughs> tweeting about it, that would have been the end of it. Yeah, that's true. Digiday reports that after the GDPR went into effect in Europe, the New York Times blocked all open exchange ad buying and behavioral targeting on European pages just to be safe. That left only directly sold contextual and geographically targeted ads. It's kind of similar to what DuckDuckGo says. They're like, we don't behaviorally target you. We don't track you. We just sell you tech contextual stuff based on your search and, and maybe target uh, geographically. As a result of the New York Times doing this in Europe, revenue increased significantly cool. from May into early 2019. Jean-Christophe de Marta, SVP for Global Advertising at New York Times International, told Digiday the desirability of a brand may be stronger than the targeting capabilities. Hmm. They probably need a little more time to say for sure that that trend is a ever moving upward one. You know, well, what I mean? and whether this applies to anything else, right? Uh, the New York Times has cachet. Uh, you you may or may not like it, but lots of people rely on it. Even internationally, the New York Times International uh, is something that a lot of people are like. Well, I want to see what the American perspective is. I'll read the New York Times for good or ill. That's that's what happens. And so the New York Times is able to get advertisers like, yeah, I want to reach that audience. You got a big audience. You got a smart audience. They make money. Uh, I want to reach that audience. I don't care if I can't behaviorally target. I still want to spend money with you. 
That may not work for everybody else. Yeah. But it's Uh, fascinating to me that the revenue went up. So, (laughs) you know, this idea that, oh, they have to behaviorally target you or they can't make money isn't necessarily 100% true, certainly not in all cases. Is it only true that you could make more money, though? Well, okay, this is purely hypothetical, but... yeah, yeah. If 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 non-contextual ads work and, and make more money, isn't isn't it only doing that in the face of what came before it, which was everybody feeling like their their privacy was being bandied about kind of freely, and now they don't, so now they're uh, now they're a little more open than they. I mean, they, you almost needed the bad to happen before the good would show itself. If that makes sense. Um, well, on the advertising side of things. It was it was merely a matter of of necessity. Like the laws in place, we're not going to do this. The advertisers understood. I wonder if the New York Times had done this voluntarily, whether the advertisers would have been a bit more resistant. It's one thing for the New York Times to come to the advertiser and say, "I'm sorry, with this new law, this is the only way we can sell ads." And the advertiser go, "Oh, we totally understand that. We'll still buy." Versus New York Times saying, "We don't want to do this anymore because it's bad for our our users." And the advertisers pushing back on that. Now the other side of it, though is the question you asked about whether users actually care, and maybe that's part of it. And our next story that you've got here sheds some light on that. Indeed. Pew, you may have heard of him, uh, do lots of studies and surveys and stuff. Pew survey found 74% of U.S. Facebook users did not know the social network uses a list of interests and traits to target them with ads. I don't know why they didn't know that, but they didn't know that. Uh, 51% said they were un, uh, uncomfortable with Facebook compiling this information, and 27% said the ad preference listing uh, or listing Facebook generated did not represent them very well or at all accurately. Uh, I don't know how you don't know that in 2019, but I guess... And, and how you're like, you know what? If you're going to target me, you don't really know me. <laughs> you're <laughs> you targeting me, me in the wrong ways. Facebook. <laughs> First of all, I didn't know you were tracking you. Now I'm, most of me doesn't like it. And a small part of me thinks that you've got it all wrong. Mm-hmm. 74%. Yeah. I think this is important because we've often, in discussing Facebook, talked about, well, but a lot of people don't care. And maybe yeah, right. it's not that they don't care. It's they just that don't they know. didn't even know. And I know that yeah. in our bubble of doing a tech news show every day, it's hard to imagine that somebody couldn't know this, right? Because the headlines are screaming at us every day. But if they don't read tech meme, and God forbid they don't listen to daily tech news show, they <laughs> might not know. And there's a lot of people out there that fall into those categories, sadly. Yeah. My mom doesn't know. She doesn't uh, listen she- to daily tech news show? <laughs> No, Come on. she doesn't, she doesn't know that she's being Scott, targeted. Please. <laughs> but she does. Here's the thing. She'll she'll think it's magic though, and she'll tell me. She'll say, My mom's 80 for the record, and she'll say things like, uh, hey, isn't it weird that I was typing a thing to a friend and then that day an ad came up for that very thing? What How a coincidence. Coincidental. Yeah. She thought it was such a coincidence and so mind blowing and like this magical moment on the internet. I didn't really have the heart to tell her. That she's well, I did tell her. I said, "Mom, you're one of the seventy-four percent." Well, it's yeah, not anymore because you told her. No, and I don't think she felt all that uncomfortable about it. She seemed to be like, "Oh, all right, well, that makes sense then," and, and sort of moved on. She didn't really seem to care that much. But yeah, I think that this shows that this idea that most of us don't care is maybe not the truth. The truth is maybe that some of us don't, but a lot of people just have no idea. Yeah, my mom is actually pretty savvy, but I'll, many I'll friends that. that I have on Facebook. Yes, thank you. Um, hello, Linnell. Um, many friends that I have on Facebook will uh, repeatedly uh, ask me because I'm sort of like the tech person, you know, from the high school group. 
you know, there's the, there's an ad and I think they might've been like listening to my conversation and there's <laughs> so much weird stuff that goes on with people that like they understand that on Facebook there is targeting going on. They just don't understand how it works. Yeah. Or, or that it works that, that well. Exactly. Like, well, I know it targets me, but this thing happened. I'm like, yeah, because they target you. Like, that's that's the whole thing we're talking about. It's hard right. for it's people to believe. It's based on your yeah. behavior, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, what? and and uh, you know, the quicker you know that, the more you understand how this all works. Uh, I, I since we're all comparing moms, my mom doesn't use Facebook. She thinks it's creepy. <laughs> you know, it kind of is. Like, like good mother, on you, like Mr. Son, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, You may have seen the meme running around where people post a picture of themselves from 10 years ago and then a picture of themselves now. Uh, Kate O'Neill, founder of KP Insights, joked on Twitter in relation to this meme, as a lot of people were joking about it, that 10 years ago, Kate would have participated in the meme. Uh, Now, Kate suspects it's being used to train facial recognition algorithms on age progression and age recognition. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people responded to that and on wired, she wrote a column explaining that the tweet was flippant. She did not mean to warn people of the dangers of this meme. However, she decides to describe several use cases. If someone were to make an algorithm based on this meme, she said the, the positive use would be something like finding missing people years after they were reported missing, particularly finding missing children. A lot, of, a lot of children go missing and they're gone long enough that it might be hard to tell what they look like and you have to do age progression. An algorithm that was trained to do that uh, might be very useful in that. It could also be used to better guess age and target appropriate advertising to you. Uh, she calls this kind of a mundane use. She's like, there's so much advertising targeting already. This would just be another way to do it when you were allowed, when they were allowed to use facial recognition, if they were. But of course, like all tech, it could be used for ill. And she talks about, you know, factoring into your insurance. Uh, if, if they if they looked at you and said, mm, you should look younger than that based on this algorithm, maybe they, they give you a higher premium or something. So it's funny because this is a, a perfectly reasonable column from Kate O'Neill. And she, she points out, she's like, yeah, I was just joking about this meme. But it has taken off a little that people are saying, oh, if you participated in that meme, you know, you, your, your data is going to be used against you. Hmm. I may have uh, messed them up because I did a picture of my wife and I in, in 2009 sitting in a couch watching a movie. And then the other one was a 98 year old couple that had been married for seven <laughs> Well, years. and the algorithm, she actually <laughs> acknowledges that in her column. She's like, the algorithm can account for a certain amount of false positives and, and especially look at like how late in the meme, the later in the meme that people post, the more likely they are to post jokey versions of it because they get tired of seeing everybody else do it. So, right. Yeah. I, I mean, really what they're saying is that they, we may have just given a head start to people because it's nothing to say you couldn't go comb somebody's photos on Facebook or somewhere else and go, Oh, this one from 09, this one from now let's compare the two. That's all publicly available yeah. data. Yeah. It's just that this is a shortcut to that. This is here they are side by side. Don't you don't have to go search around, uh, computer man. Just have the two pictures and go for it. So maybe hopefully there were more jokey ones or Hopefully I don't hear from my insurance company saying we need to have a talk. Honestly, I mean, the insurance companies wanted to do this. They could do it anyway. There's all kinds of ways to train this stuff. Maybe this would have made it easier. Maybe if somebody will use it now because it's public. But but this is not this meme in particular is not something that is going to be used against you. It's not going to make the world a worse place. Uh, I think Kate O'Neill was doing a good thing with this column, though, saying, hey, but you should be thinking about those kind of questions when you share stuff. And maybe this meme wasn't a bad thing. But that next thing you share make sure that you you're comfortable sharing it. 
Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right, we're going to finish up with a uh, reaction to a column on techpinions.com from Bob O'Donnell. He's the president of Technalysis Research. I wrote a column yesterday asking, what if nobody wins the voice assistant war. And he notes the large number of products at CES that supported both Amazon and Google assistants. He noted that so many products are coming with voice assistants in them that it's possible folks will have a mix of them. You know, if you buy a couple of new appliances and and, and a couple of new gadgets, you might have some with Amazon, some with Google, some with both, but not all your gadgets can talk to each other. And he wondered if that would have a negative uh, effect on an uptake of these if people get frustrated like I can't remember which one's Amazon which one's Google I'm just not going to use any of them anymore uh, and it's possible that that you know it could it could dissuade people from from even using this stuff also I think there could be an upside to this which is maybe it becomes standard to have multiple voice assistance on devices maybe we start seeing siri maybe we start seeing cortana maybe we start seeing that prediction scott johnson that you had in our prediction show uh in december of some kind of open platform yeah i was i was disappointed then that that my prediction hadn't come true within a year's time that we would be well into some open platform and in full adoption mode but um this actually reminded me that that's it may not be a year timeline, but I still think that's maybe where stuff's headed. We're going to have to get to a place where either somebody has to be such a clear winner and open about their standards so that everybody can participate in it. Or it's going to have to be an open standard that by default, everybody can participate in. Otherwise, it doesn't go anywhere, but within the walls of the company who makes it. So, you know, Cortana could in theory be that and microsoft seems super willing to have it be integrated across all sorts of things but it's just not being adopted that way people don't like it that much and people don't like siri very much and people like uh, okay google fine but then there's things it does poopy like they've all got their weaknesses and their strengths and nobody's come up with anything that just sort of works everywhere and so i still stick with my prediction that one day that will happen it will come out of necessity and it will become so ubiquitous and big that everyone will just have to support it because it's just it'll be too big. It's like the Internet. They can't make their own Internet. They got to use the same Internet as everybody else now. So it'll be like that. Everyone's got to use it. That's how we communicate via voice. That's how our assistants work. Boom. But but OK, the 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 the, the idea of what if nobody wins the voice assistant war? Well, I would say Amazon's voice assistant is probably in the lead at this point. Yes, uh, uh, Google's assistant is 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 neck and neck. But I, 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 don't, I, I don't quite understand what the argument is of like, well, is anyone even going to win this? Well, I, I don't know. You use what you use. But if you have multiple devices with different voice assistants on them, then... Suddenly, you either have to remember which uh, which device is controlled is by which assistant. Is remembering that so hard? Yeah, I mean, I, I do for that some, for some people. It is Sarah. Okay, okay. I, I don't think a lot of people want to try to remember. Wait, is my toilet Google or Amazon? Mm. Right? They're just not going to use it. I don't have a smart toilet. <laughs> not yet, anyway. That's your deal, Tom. I think I agree with that to to some degree. Like, I don't really have a problem with that now. But if if this stuff just becomes more and more integrated, I mean, who am I kidding? I would much rather just say, um, like, okay, Apple Music is now a service I can have on my uh, on my Amazon Echo, which is great. 
stoked about that. Plays my playlist. I'd love it. It's good. I was already service I paid for. Hey, now it's in the house on my Echoes. But I still have this now, this weird new disconnect where I used to be able to use Siri as a voice control to do what I want with my music. I can now do that same thing with the A word, but she doesn't necessarily recognize the exact same language. So you say it maybe in a different way, or I have to talk to her first, then talk to the other thing. Like it starts to get a little bit like we've got digital assistants who are running between hallways to let, to, to help communicate with other people who talk in different ways. And I just would like it if the whole thing had a big fat standard. Think of it as HTML, but for voice. Like, I don't know what that is, I mean that's not a great comparison because it's a right. Yeah, I the void the voice assistant landscape reminds me the most of instant messaging, back you know back in the two thousands right. And you had your AOL instant messenger and you had your uh, your Microsoft uh, your MSN <laughs> messenger uh, and you had your Google one come along later on. MSN messenger, yeah, wow, yeah, right? bring Take me back. back an ICQ yeah. and and eventually. Somebody decided, oh, well, I'm going to make a client that pulls them all in together. And then there were battles where some of the messengers didn't want want clients to do that. And then they tried to block uh, your 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 clients that were multiple IMs from being from being able to access their IMs. I feel like the voice assistant landscape is shaping up to be like that. And the sad thing is we never actually got to a standard for instant messaging. It just kind of got replaced by SMS uh, and that that solved that problem. And maybe there'll be the uh, version, uh, the equivalent of SMS uh, for voice assistants at some point, but yeah, we need uh, as Beatmaster puts it, we need a trillion for voice assistants. Yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh. That's a great way to put it. I mean, it feels crazy though, right? Like we would ever get to something like that. I don't think it's that crazy. Cause if my TV has Bixby, cause it's a Samsung and I bought an Amazon Echo, but then I buy some device. I don't know. Maybe it's a microwave or a toaster or something that has Google Assistant in it. Well, most people aren't going to want to bother. They're just going to not use one of those. It's not that it's hard. It's like, I don't remember. What do I say for the Samsung? I mean, I, it's, it's hard. Maybe the for- companies just have to be like, just say, hey. Oh yeah! <laughs> Don't do that to us. And then we'll never be able to say hey works, on a podcast we'll just again. <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe yeah. maybe that would be the way. Is if there's some amount of interoperability amongst these things, to yeah. where you could you could decide which one's going to control the others. Which is like Scott said, that's what Cortana is doing. They're saying, hey, we'll we'll operate with whoever. But even yeah. then, you have to remember, like, tell Cortana to blah 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 and that and that takes the natural language part about it which is already a barrier for some people using these like i don't remember how to turn off the lights what are they called is it dining room or just dining or you know like that happens in our household already Yeah, that's a good point i will say google assistant to me is consistently the smartest one Mm -hmm. it's very result smart yeah i feel like when i'm asking for a Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thing, I get what I asked for or as close to yeah. it as I get. The others right. all to some level or another don't quite. Bungle it, it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, they're going to mess it up. I just, I just think we can get there. I don't know how it is we get there, but we got to get to a place where it's just not so... Everybody wants to right now they're being used as tools to keep you in their ecosystem. It'd be nice when they stop <laughs> yeah. doing that. The, the test will be when I could just go, hey, turn on the lights. You know which lights I mean. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> That's what you do. You just have to say that at the end. Every you know time. me. You're smart. <laughs> you know what lights I mean. <laughs> Figure it out. Machine uh, intelligence. Yeah. You know who else is smart is everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. And we love getting your emails. We do. Kevin in Augusta, Georgia, wrote in and said, Want to talk about the health scanner camera that you mentioned in your CES coverage. One of the things that you mentioned it could identify was Angelman's syndrome. This speak my interest because I have a nephew with Angelman's. It's a developmental disease which one of the proteins uh, w- in which one of the proteins in your genes doesn't turn on. It affects motor control, speech, emotional responses, sleeping, and the like. When I was younger, my twin brother developed like normal, but I... It, he, I developed like normal, not, but not he him. did not. Yeah. He didn't talk. He didn't walk. He should have. He always had trouble sleeping. His parents knew something was going on, but he had to be tested to be properly diagnosed. One of those tests was an MRI. Needless to say, an MRI on a two-year-old is not very pleasant. Mm. If somebody has developed camera software that can diagnose conditions just by looking at your face, that could prove very useful by getting somebody diagnosed early in life. Could mean treatments and therapies start much earlier than normal and would be less taxing on the child and, of course, the parents. Shout out to the Foundation for Angelman Syndrome Therapeutics, or FAST, who are working on a cure for the disease. CureAngelman.org. Uh, thank you uh, f- for that email, Kevin, and, and for sharing that yeah, story. I mean, I, do, I don't think this technology could stop an MRI from being needed, unfortunately. It's a diagnostic assistance. But right. I think you got to the, the most important point is it could diagnose things earlier, which would make a lot of other things easier because the earlier you can get a diagnosis, the, as you put it, less taxing on the child. It could be. So that's important. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott Johnson, for joining us. As always, what do you got going on these days? Well, let me tell you, Tom, um, I'm actually going to talk about a thing that I'm super stoked about because it's already something that exists for DTNS listeners that they just knew where to look for it. And that is the monthly video game briefing with myself and Patrick Beja. Patrick Beja, of course, here on Tuesdays. And uh, so, you know, him, I already love him. And he and I are big video game nuts. So together, uh, once a month, we get together, we make a video game show for the rest of us, meaning people who maybe aren't hardcore gamers, but like to dabble here and there, want to know what's going on in the 
news around the industry and kind of what to buy every year for Christmas, that sort of thing. So you can check it out right now. Uh, there's a bunch of links. You can subscribe to it on the dailytechnewsshow.com website, or you can head on over to frogpants.com slash MVGB, and you'll find the links there as well. And for all the other stuff I have going on, right there at frogpants.com. And I'm on Twitter at Scott Johnson. Don't forget, folks, uh, if you stay with us at your tier on Patreon for three months uh, and you're at one of our top tiers, you can get some free stuff from Len Peralta. Uh, Merchandise with Len Peralta's five-year anniversary art on it, available to advisors uh, as a poster or master-level folks as a mug. Go check it out at patreon.com slash DTNS slash merch. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Keep the feedback coming. We love it. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.